What is up, everyone? I am back, and I'm back to continue to talk about Boss Dem Babes. First and foremost, I would like to give a shout out to Anastasia Saivash for helping me with the drawings of the design, because it's so good. She has helped me in the past with my stickers design. Oh yeah, side note, I have an Etsy store called Albanian Chemist, and there are some really cool stickers. Also on Instagram. Also, am I doing a little self-promotion? Yes, I am, because why the fuck not? You feel me? I feel me. Okay, let's get started, shall we? Our next babe, Maria Gaetana Agnesi. Okay, for my last episode, like I said, I'm going to try my best to pronounce these names correctly because I know what it's like to have your name butchered if you couldn't already imagine. Okay, I'm done talking about myself now. No, I'm not because I need to do this part. Hi, my name is Liria Donaletti, and I like to talk about Boss Dem Babes because why the fuck not? Okay, now I'm really done. Maria Gaetana Agnesi, born on May 16, 1781 in Milan, Italy. She was the eldest out of 21 or 23 children. I have seen both numbers, so I'm not entirely sure as to which one. Her father had three wives. After her mother died while giving birth to her eighth child, Maria felt like she had to help raise her siblings, and this also meant to educate them. But in doing so, it kept her away from reaching her dream, which was to go to convent. Her father wanted his children to have an education. I have read that apparently in Italy, educated women were admired by men. So more rich women were able to have this privilege and they weren't ridiculed. But then I saw a lot more sources saying the complete opposite and how educated women were viewed as frivolous. Now, like I said, I would love to believe, or did I say it anyways, I would love to believe that you know, educated women were just so admired by everyone. But let's be serious. We all know that's not true, and we all know that they were viewed as witches. But let's be serious one more time. Witches are hella hot, and so bomb, and so cool. Like, who doesn't want to be a witch? But if you were educated, once again, only the rich could afford an education. And usually, the females that received that education were taught by the tutors that were there to teach the males in the family. During this age of enlightenment, Armaria was one of the many women that received an education in mathematics, which were indeed important, and of course, I will definitely get more details about those in a bit. Once again, it was the father who saw her potential in that brain of hers and hired tutors specifically for her. By the age of 11, she was able to speak seven languages, which included Latin, Greek, Spanish, Hebrew, French, German, and of course, Italian. I know, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be funny. Maybe I should stop. But not really. Apparently, she was called the seven-tongue operator. That is just a third in there fact. Back then, Latin was a language of scholars. It was a common communication back then. Versus now, which is English, and it's not that great of a language, and it's very confusing. She would study so much that she ended up getting ill. By the time she was 12 years old, she developed an illness to 
But doctors had no idea as to how it happened or what it was. It was a mysterious illness, but they just said it had to do to her excessive studying. And her doc said, go exercise. Horseback riding is a great activity to do since, you know, that's what rich people do or something like that. But I'm not sure if those were the exact words. Probably. Anyway, that backfired because she actually decided to develop convulsions after any physical exertion. So the doc was like, yeah, maybe do those in moderations instead. By the age of 14, she knew geometry and ballistics. And by the age of 15, her dad wanted to show off her smarts. Her father, Pietro, would hold academic gatherings. And of course, Maria was there debating in Latin about subjects that pertain to math, science, and philosophy. She was a well-spoken debater and would go on to talk to those who she just destroyed in their native language because she was a boss babe. How could she not? Once again, her father wanted to show off how smart she was, but he couldn't exactly do that without her being there. So what I mean by that was that she wanted to go to convent, but her father was not okay with that idea and started to tell her that she needed to be more obedient and listen to him. Ouch, like that's, ugh, that's, that's vomit. With that said, he compromised. Not really compromised, because he told her that she could have three requests, like a fucking genie. These were her three requests. That she could simplify her dressmaking and make it more modest, go to church as often as she liked, and she would not be forced to attend those social events because she was a legit introvert. Now, not only did Maria have this talent of being a genius, but her sister was also a talented musician. Her name was also Maria, but her full name was Maria Teresa. Maria Teresa. That sounds so, it just flows off your tongue. Maria Teresa. Anyways, these gatherings that her father started tend to spread all over Milan, but it continued up until Maria entered her 20s. Now, this is what it seems like during the time her mathematic brain just completely took over. She spent about a decade performing her mathematic skills, which basically consumed her. She had high concentration that would keep her awake all through the night. That is something I really, really wish I had while I was in my undergrad and graduate program because my ADHD did not let me concentrate at all. So kind of jealous. She was also so consumed by math that she was able to solve a difficult problem in her sleep. How she figured that one out, you may be asking? Well, the next morning, she found the solution written in her own handwriting on her desk. This girl was obsessed, so obsessed that her mind took over her body at one point and was like, get up, we're doing this. So... This is where I was a little confused. I think this all happened in her 20s or in her teens. I'm not entirely sure. You know, history is kind of hard. It's, it's actually pretty damn difficult because there's so many different depictions at one point. Like, which one is it? Does it matter? If so, how? Like, I'm reading one source that says one thing and then another source says a different thing. For instance, I read a source that said her father had two wives. Oh, two of his wives died. But then another source was like, only Maria's mother died. I mean, are those also, like, different depictions? Or, wait, no, sorry, it wasn't that. My bad. 
I read that when his second wife died, Maria was all about math. That's what it was. But then I read when his first wife died, which was Maria's mother, she was all about math. I mean, sometimes those details aren't really important, but let's just get back to our boss, Maria, shall we? Now, all of this study did pay off for Maria because she ended up writing a two-volume work called Institutionini Analice. Analice. I'm sorry. Which translate to analytical institutes, which ended up being a calculus book. And she was the first woman to ever do that. Also, this calculus book was a standard calc book in Europe for about a hundred years. Not only that, she was the second woman to be granted professorship at the University of Bologna. So let's get into those details, shall we? Okay, so the two volume work was to be written for her siblings in order to help them understand calculus a bit better. But what actually ended up happening was that her work was so well written and like I said before, it was a standard calc book in Europe for about a hundred years. It wasn't just her translating past calculus works because calculus was created about, you know, the previous century, but she added her own work as well. One work she is well known for is the Witch of Agnesi. This is a cubic plane curve defined by two diametrically opposed points of a circle. I will also have this diagram on my Patreon and I will also type it out and talk about it as well. I got that source from a YouTube video. It was really, really cool. Okay, so as to how it became the Witch of Agnesia, another thing, I got two different sources from this, or a few different sources that stated she was confused by the word Versia with Versororia. Versororia. Oh my gosh, please don't make fun of me. <laughs> Versia is a literal term of witch, so hence, Witch of Agnesi. Another few sources stated that someone else was translating her work and they got those two words confused. Either way, there was someone confused and now we have a witch in the mix. Nice. This book was published in 1748. She dedicated this book to the Empress Maria Theresa of Australia. Sorry. Oh my gosh, no. She dedicated this book to the Empress Maria Theresa of Austria, who in return gave her some diamonds and a crystal container. Maria's sister, who was the musician in the family, also dedicated a song to the same Empress earlier. The three Marias seem to be pretty tight with one another. Okay, now back to the professorship. How does she end up being granted such an amazing position? Well, Look no further than Pope Benedict XIV, who honored her by nominating her to a professor at the University of Bologna, which ended up taking place on October 5th, 1752. But unfortunately, she declined that offer. Later that year, her father died, and she withdrew from her studies. During this time, she was still there for her siblings as an educator. In 1759, she moved in with people who needed care and sold her jewelry, which she ended up teaching religion to working-class individuals. She founded and directed Opera Pia Trivosio, 
and was taking care of the ill until the day she died. In 1771, Prince Antonio Trivulzio no, donated his palace to be used as a home for the indigent age. Cardinal Pozzo Bonlini asked Maria to become the director of the women at the facility, and she accepted. In 1783, she moved into a home where she remained as a director for the rest of her life. In her later years, Maria gradually became blind and deaf, and she suffered from spells of droopsy and accumulation of fluid in her body. This condition brought on her death on January 9, 1799. In keeping with her wishes, Maria was buried among the poor in a common grave. Maria Agnesi was a woman of exceptional quality and unusual achievements. She was recognized as an intellectual peer of the men at the time, which was a recognition so rare. Unfortunately, many children's gifts of genius are neither recognized nor cultivated as Maria's were. Surely, our world would be enriched if such gifts were developed. So, honestly, it felt as if everything that she did as a mathematician and a scholar, she was doing for her dad. Because when he died... She slowly stepped away from her studies and went on to what she've always wanted to do. She literally said, I'm done. This was, you know, this was part of my past and now I'm ready to continue on to my future. So let's talk a little bit about her accomplishments, shall we? During her debates, she actually ended up defending about 200 of them. And this recordings can be found in her father's work, Propositions Philosophica. She wrote and delivered an hour-long speech in Latin to some of the most distinguished intellectuals of the day about women's rights to be educated. She was nine at the time. She was the first woman to write a major calculus book and, of course, her social work by helping others. With all of that said, I will once again say to all of you boss stem babes out there, keep fucking going and keep picking each other up. Don't let anyone, including yourself, make you feel less than or that you don't belong. Keep that head up. You got this. I'm Larry Donaletti, and I like to talk about boss stem babes because why the fuck not? 